Hello, how are we doing? Welcome to the sound of the start of your weekend. That's right, it's the Not The Top 20 podcast betting show, sponsored by Betfair. Betting is for over 18s only. We ask that everyone listening to this podcast be gamble aware. Understand the risks that come with gambling. Most importantly, never, ever stake more than you can afford to lose. Never, ever chase losses. Understand more at BeGambleAware.org. Last week, George, can you please stag every single week? Three out of five winners and a push for you. The push being Nottingham Forest draw no bet. Your nap Northampton won. Uh, you laid Sheffield United against Blackpool when they lost over two and a half goals. And BTTS, yes, at the game we were at. Little did you know, Oxford v Morecambe and uh, Ryan Loft any time was your only loser. He went closer, didn't he? He did go pretty close, hit the side netting. Uh, just the one loser for me as well, my over 2.5 double. Uh, Charlton and Donny did the business, but Pompey Bolton was not the game I was expecting. But winners with Bournemouth, Knapp at Reading. Oxford to win and over 2.5 goals against Morecambe, the game that we were sitting in the stands for. Uh, I laid Sutton against Walsall and Walsall 1-1-0. And Matty Taylor, anytime versus Morecambe. An, uh, an amazing weekend. That was one of the real highlights for me. Just out of interest, <laughs> no idea at all that we were going to that game? I mean, if, if I'd priced up a market of, of what was the most likely uh, place we were going to go, I think I think it probably would have been pretty sure. I, I mean, I even texted you three days before we went saying, so many unanswered questions about this weekend. Are we going to go to Oxford Morecambe? Are we going to play football? Yes, yes. <laughs> that was one of the worst texts I've ever received in my life, <laughs> having tried to keep it from you for about two years. Um, but um, all well, though, all well, all fully recovered. Well, not. I mean, I'm fully recovered. Um, you know, in terms of hydration and and mentality. Uh, my, sadly, my my ankle um, slash foot hasn't made a full recovery yet. But hopefully, we'll get there. I think people are probably bored about hearing about my my ankle, so I'll, I'll only update if it gets uh, any worse. Every single week uh, in October, you made profit on the betting show. So let's hope that November continues in that vein. Uh, a good week for me pushed me back into the green just about uh, for the season overall. So let's build on that. I'm still well behind you in the in the standing. 16.25 points up you are uh, and 2.05 I am according to El Arbitro, Hugh Davis. Okay, well, we're all bored of hearing about your ankle apparently. So let's dissect what is a, a small docket. A mini bill this weekend, just the championship in EFL terms. We're mostly going to focus on that. I'm using the Betfair Exchange and the lay pick for an FA Cup bet, but otherwise mostly championship only. George, only 12 games clearly to choose from, but within that, plenty of excitement. So what is your best bet? What is your nap in the championship this weekend? Might be a small docket alley, but my nap here, I think, is one of my strongest bets of the season so far. A bit frustrating because... <laughs> The, the price has been clipped in a bit overnight. Hold on, hold on. I'm very confident that I know what this is. As soon as you said okay. that, one team came to mind. I'm hoping this might be our first double nap for a long time. I'm going to count and then we'll both say it, okay? This could be okay. great, it could be terrible. What is George Ellick's nap? In three, two, one, Birmingham. Birmingham. Yes. Come on, you blues. Go on then. What? What? Why is it one of your biggest bets of the season so far? Well, I mean, they're nineteen to twenty to win it um, with the Betfair sportsbook, and I think they should be fairly heavily odds on, which is something you're never really going to see between two sides who are kind of occupying mid table. Um, but Reading are really poor, um, and that's not a massive surprise. It felt like their 
um, good run to season have been incredibly reliant on what was always going to be an, an impossible to sustain run of of uh, John Swift's. They clearly have a lot of talent in attacking areas, but they've had some serious injury problems as well. And, and to be honest, what the the amount of points they were able to pick up in that run of five wins in six games is going to be so important in making sure that they aren't too close to the relegation zone. Well, the 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 nine point deduction appears incoming. That's been reported heavily this week. Yeah, um, and you know, you look at they were two 0 up against Blackpool, looking ready to make that a run of of six wins and seven. Blackpool came back at the the Majeski Majest- the and um, and won the game three two. Since then, they've been beaten to nil three times against Blackburn, against Bournemouth, and against Millwall. The performance against Millwall was probably the most concerning, where they were just incredibly poor. I mean, they had they managed to fashion a couple of chances when they went behind. Um, but especially in the first half, they barely registered as a football team in the, on the game. And, and Millwall aren't a team in great form. We know that Millwall are tough to beat at home, but but generally, um, it, it's pretty rare that you see them create as many chances so easily and carve through a side as easily as they did against Reading here. Um, you know, he's he's mixed up the the formation. He played a three at the back, um, kind of a three five two, I guess, or a three five one one with Swift playing in behind Puskas. The, the loss of Lucas Schwau is is massive. Puskas is just not a championship footballer, I'm afraid. Um, I think we've seen enough of him now to know that even though he has moments of of incredible skill, uh, which make you think for a second that maybe there's a player there, uh, he is consistently ineffective and, and isn't good enough to be leading the line for a team uh, with the aspirations like Reading do of, of the, at the very least, um, making sure they're a mid-table side in the championship. Uh, for Birmingham, who went on their own run, uh, unlike the, the winning run of, uh, well, I guess similar to the winning run of of, of of Reddings, it never felt like they were as poor as the results as the results suggested during that losing run. Uh, we said it a lot on the pods, they were losing games three, two or three nil, where actually you looked at the balance of play and there wasn't much in, in between them. And it felt like that was always going to end. And now a run of a draw and three wins on the trot uh, in the last four games suggest they are on our side again who look more akin to the team we saw early on uh, in the season um they won the last two games 2-0 and 3-0 against against Borough and and Bristol and Bristol City understandably two of the poorest teams in the league but I, I think again against Reading here they're playing a side of, of pretty similar um performance levels and they beat them both with with absolute ease uh, the loss of Tahit Chong to injury has been softened by the form of Riley McGree who scored two in his last three um they they just look to me to be a side now you know they've they've worked out the the Dini and Hogan partnership seem to be the first choice and both of them are playing very well. Um, there's just a lot to like about this Birmingham side and I think if you as I say if you take out that little chunk that poor run of form that dip, well, I'm not sure the performances were that bad. They've just been very impressive all season under Lee Bowyer. So uh, yeah, I think they they should win this. They should win it comfortably. And the, the 19 to 20 is is worth um, getting getting behind. Well, I knew it would be your nap. And I felt like picking something else. And then I thought it's got to be a double nap because I feel equally as strongly. Consistently good performance, really all season for Birmingham. I, I, I know that they had that run of six games. They didn't even score a goal in, in those games. It, it wasn't as bad as it looked, if you know what I mean. Uh, and I went back through those fixtures looking at InfoGoal, who, who use XG data from Opta. Zero goals in six games from 6.95 XG generated. Like it's, it, was a, it was an insane blip in front of goal but it wasn't that as a team in general they were failing uh, and outside of, of that blip both before it and in recent weeks you know Birmingham have, have kept up those levels and they're finishing their chances and and I think what we can just accept now is that Lee Boyer is doing an incredible job has built such an impressive team 
one that can create chances for itself, which has been something that Birmingham have struggled so much with over the years, but also one that has defensive resolve, defensive solidity, a good solid structure as well. This time last week, I haven't got the updated Fox Punter XG ratio tables. They were third in the league over the course of the season for XG ratio. Now that's very solid defence and an attack that's you know fully functioning. They, they had a better XG ratio than Bournemouth. Now we know there's other factors that go into that. I'm not saying they're a better team than Bournemouth, but the point is that the process for Birmingham is there, absolutely. And the way that they play is effective and it's credit to Lebo. Yeah, Troy Deeney's come in recently. He's playing really well up top, up top with Hogan. We saw those two cause Bristol City no end of problems in the week. Now Reading's run was built on sand, not rock. And we saw that. We kind of knew that. I think the fans knew that to an extent as well, as exciting as it was. And and as you say, four defeats in a row now. So they've swung wildly back the other way. Now, we should say with Reading, you know, you mentioned Joao being out. It's it's basically a whole team out at the moment. And they're all like mid to long term injuries as well. So the last, if you look at the bench for Reading in the last four games, in midweek, their whole bench were under 23 players, outfielders. And Paunovic has said publicly and is showing with a lack of substitutions, basically, he doesn't trust these guys to compete at championship level. He's not slagging them off. He's saying they're not ready. They're not senior players. So they're massively up against it. You can see that in the way they're collapsing in games. The last four games, second halves have been a huge issue. To add insult to injury, Paunovic has COVID and missed the midweek game. He'll be absent for this game as well. It's it's one of his coaches on this on the touchline. Yeardom and Drinkwater, who have played so many games recently, they were absent in midweek too. So um, it's quite possible they won't be back for this. So it's they're just so up against it, Reading. Essentially, they need a break and they're going to get one after this, the international break. They will have some time to recuperate. Thank God for them that they do. But that's after this game where they come up against an inform, highly, highly functioning, highly effective Birmingham side. And I think we both think that it's a home win. So it's a double nap. Birmingham uh, 19 to 20 at the time of recording 1.95 with the Betfair Sportsbook. What's the next best? Uh, next best is Huddersfield. Draw no bet away at Cardiff. Um, Cardiff, of course, had that incredible comeback. The three and all, sorry, the three all draw. Uh, at Stoke, Steve Morrison's first game in caretaker charge. As I mentioned on the Monday pod, I'm not convinced that had a great deal to do with Cardiff. Um, you know, they deserve credit for the way they came back, but a couple of really sloppy bits of defending um, or goalkeeping um, from Stoke meant that they were offered a way back in and, and they took it. Um, we saw them get beat last night by QPR 1-0 in a game of, of kind of few chances, I guess, um, with Andre Gray getting the deciding goal. They may have improved a little bit um, off the back of Mick McCarthy leaving, but that's, you know, one point in two games, uh, one decent half of three. I don't think there's a great deal to be too worried about when it comes to Cardiff and for them to be heavy favourites here against the Huddersfield side who have put in consistently good performances all season just seems off to me. You know, you look at their last seven games in the Championship, they've only lost one of them that came away at Bournemouth, which I think we can... um, we can, yeah, just cut them a bit, a bit of slack for, I guess. You know, John, they, they beat Huddersfield at home. They drew away at Posh in midweek, which, you know, wasn't a, a, a great result, but went down late to a, a Johnson Clark Harris goal to, to starve them over three points. I, I think to be getting odds against about a, a, a consistent side, a team who don't lose very often, uh, up against a Cardiff side who look likely to still have a, a caretaker manager in charge feels generous to me Huddersfield also with the extra day's rest having played on Tuesday Cardiff having played on Wednesday I, I think this just looks like Cardiff are being given far far too much respect in the market um, so Huddersfield draw no bet 6-5 my, my NB 
Mine's Coventry to beat Bristol City. Uh, the price is 1.75 this morning. Uh, they've been slashed a little overnight as well. I'm very worried about Bristol City. Um, I feel like we both took a lot of shots at, at Reading there. I feel fairly similarly about the form uh, of Bristol City at the moment. And I, I wonder if that home record was getting so much traction. You know, it, it was one of those things that the wider media pick up on. It's one of those things that your average Premier League fan might have even heard of by the time that you go 16-17 without winning at home. So something that all fans can kind of relate to. And of course, they won last weekend at home against Barnsley. It was the, the monkey off their back. But it massively, massively papers over what's been a horrendous month of performances and results. They lost four out of their last five. And the one that they won against Barnsley, I know we upset people when we say this, but we basically can write off a win against a Barnsley side who sat their manager a day later. And the fact that they beat Barnsley should be caveated with the fact that Barnsley, frankly, dominated them for 85 minutes of that game. And it was a five-minute spell where Barnsley, as they so often did under Sharp, just collapsed at the back and Vyman took advantage because he's an excellent finisher. Nigel Pearson's been chopping and changing so much. Three at the back, 4-4-2, trying so many different things to try and hit on a solution. And it's not really working. I think there's an extent to which you can look at Bristol City... And their season as a whole, and you can say well, they've won five games, right? One of them was a 3-2 win against early season Reading. We know that at that point, Reading were not in great shape. They hadn't made their late window signings at that point. It was a bit of a topsy-turvy 3-2 win. Bristol City probably deserved it, but Reading a poor side. They beat Cardiff City 2-1 away from home. Huge win for the fan base, massively deserved. That Cardiff City were just on the turn at that point, right? They, they quite quickly became the worst team or one of the worst teams in the league there. They beat QPR at Loftus Road in a complete smash and grab, 90th minute. Brilliant, you know, breakaway winner. Again, amazing scenes for the fans, but in... in in terms of football analysis, like this isn't a team playing really well and dom dominating games at this level. They beat Peterborough 3-2 in a crazy topsy-turvy game, which they nicked a fairly late goal on. Again, on balance of play, probably not the better side. And then Barnsley as well. So five wins. I'm not, <laughs> not writing the wins off. I guess what I'm pointing out is they haven't won a game this season in the championship in 16 attempts where they have looked like the team they want to be, which is a you know a playoff chaser or even just a mid-table side at this point uh, and of course you know that's not mentioning the 11 games that they haven't won seven of them defeats four of them draws at home they just haven't found the right balance have they they just don't have anyone in midfield that is either a goal threat or a particularly good creative player in the wide areas they've tried so many different things they're not getting particularly consistently good delivery onto martin's head and that's one way to get the best out of him Coventry did lose their game at home at, against Swansea in midweek. I think you've made it pretty clear and I agree with you that Swans' current level and where they could get to is very, very exciting. Uh, and despite their league position, we should be considering them absolutely as a, a team on, on Coventry's level in terms of being a playoff chaser. So no shame really in, in losing to a good Swansea side. Coventry is still fourth in the table. They've got an amazing home record in general. Um, the fans are massively behind them and why wouldn't they be? Do I think they're the fourth best team in the Championship right now? No, probably not. But I do think they're definitely at playoff contender level, confident in playing at home, very confident in their system, very not like Bristol City, who they come up against, and with a fair idea of how to hurt teams. So uh, I'm going for Coventry uh, for a regulation home win here at 1.75 as my next best. Uh, Leibet, who are you taking on this week? I'm siding with Swansea um, away at Bournemouth. I was frustrated because I'd already decided to do this uh, before Bournemouth went and got beat 2-1 by Preston last night um so that doesn't help the the price we're getting but i think it, it's held up well enough and 1.77 to lay 
uh, is fine with me. And, and it's not massively to do with Bournemouth, um, I guess, for the purposes of the bet, even if we are taking a bit, a bit of a bigger price. Um, for the we you know we are laying a, a slightly bigger price. Um, it's no bad thing they come into this off the back of a defeat. You know the the feeling of invincibility is gone. Um, they have been beaten at home by a side in Preston whose away record so far this season have been very poor. They hadn't won a, an away game yet. They picked up just three points, all three of them draws. So it goes to show that Bournemouth are human. Um, well, I mean they're not, but you know what I mean. And um, they come up against the Swansea side who are like, you know, they're nine to two to win the game. That is, I mean, definitely don't just have the lay, have a bit of that too, because that is absolutely mad. Uh, I'm intrigued to know how this game is going to play out. Two sides who like to keep the ball. Normally when Russell Martin's side comes up against another team who like to take care of possession, they normally take care of possession. Uh, they have a way of, of getting the ball more often and making sure they keep it. So it'll be intriguing to see how Bournemouth um, cope with not being able to necessarily play their own game. And Swansea are just operating at a very high level at the moment, um, really consistently. You know, I know that after a difficult start, Swansea fans are now fully bought into what Russell Martin is doing. They're enjoying watching their team play again. They enjoy the way that he's talking about the team. He's an eminently likeable bloke and that comes across in the way that he is treated by fans, even if MK Don's fans aren't too keen on him anymore. So, um, yeah, it's just incredibly short for a game between two sides who I would consider, you know, you just spoke there about where would you rank Coventry. Uh, I think Bournemouth are probably either the first or second best team in the league, but I think that they are too short against a team that I would consider to be the fifth or sixth best team in the league as it stands at the moment. You know, if this was Coventry, as you say, playing away at Bournemouth, I think they'd probably be a fair bit shorter and, and Bournemouth would, would be a bit bigger. Uh, and that doesn't equate to the way that I have these teams um, pegged in my head. So, yeah, laying Bournemouth at 1.77 uh, at home to Swansea on Saturday is my lay. FA Cup time. FA Cup time. So many games. That's going to be loud in people's ear, isn't it? Wake a couple of people up on their commute. <laughs> FA Cup time, guys. It d- depends how well I edit the levels, which I mean, arguably I don't do particularly well most weeks, but maybe this week's <laughs> more important. So many games to look at in, in the FA Cup. Um, so many EFL teams incredibly short-priced to win their games. The, the one that I'm taking on is MK Dons. Uh, they're playing at home to Stevenage. And I've put up a lay at 1.4 on the Betfair exchange. That's what that allows you to do. (laughs) Look, it's one of those where I rate MK Dons very highly as a team in League One. They're just outside the playoff places. I don't particularly rate Stevenage at the moment, who haven't scored in their last four games in League Two. And and they lost three of those and drew 1-0-0 with Leighton Orient. This is more about, I suppose, on the one hand, MK Dons, I expect to rotate heavily. And I think... Out of a lot of teams in League One, MK Dons are probably one with quite a big drop-off, I would suggest, between the players that we consider to be their star players who help them win games in League One uh, and those kind of waiting in the wings. You know, I don't know for sure what MK Dons' starting eleven would be, but I would expect that they'll rotate for this. Uh, And Stevenage are just a team who are playing so miserably in the league. I think there's a mixture within the fan base of so much love for Alex Ravel and and a feeling that certainly in the second half of last season... You know, it was tangible what he was doing and the improvements that he was making. So it's pretty difficult to swallow the fact that they've only won one of their last 13 games in the league. They've really, 
they're kind of banging their heads against a brick wall a little bit. And it's fairly concerning the way that they've played recently. I sort of see this as almost a psychological thing, a bit of a, a something a bit different. Get away from the league. Nothing expected of you. No pressure on you whatsoever. And you can give it a really good go and kind of fight for your lives type thing. I expect they'll play a strong team because I don't see why they wouldn't. A cup run, as people always say, can that can just give you a little shot in the arm if you're struggling in the league. And and I think the MK Dons fringe players are a big drop off from their starting eleven, and perhaps they'll be a little bit rusty. You know, they play such a specific style of play, a specific game model. Uh, maybe when you you swap out the regulars who are starting, and there's probably a group of seven or eight of them who are, you know, automatic picks now for Liam Manning. Uh, maybe it takes a bit of time to get going. Maybe Stevenage could give them a bloody nose. That's what I'm hoping. So a bit of a stab in the dark. But um, MK Dons lay 1.4 on the Betfair Exchange this weekend in the FA Cup. What about a Golsh bet? Yeah, I couldn't find anything in the kind of regulation BTTS. Yes, no, over under two and a half. So I've looked at a more niche goals bet and I'm off to Peterborough against Fulham. Um, Fulham won 7-0 last night. I don't know if you saw. Mm. Quite cool. I played six I played six aside last night and two of the members of the opposition were wearing Blackburn Rovers shirts and we had quite nice. a and we had quite a tetchy game. Um, one of the lads in the in the Blackburn Rovers shirt and me were not getting on very well. And he fouled me and I scored from the resulting free kick, which was very sweet. It was a bad night for him because we won five one and Blackburn Rovers lost seven nil. Well let's hope he's listening, eh? <laughs> Because um, then you will have the last laugh. What sounds like a very funny evening. Uh, so I'm going, yeah, posh Fulham, but you know they won seven nil. But we've seen them score basically loads of goals pretty consistently this season. Fulham aren't a side who win one nil. Um, they are a side who, when they're at their best, they blitz teams and they're up against a posh side who, even though they've gone through a, a decent run of form and it was a good point for them um, against Huddersfield in midweek. Uh, I think it's fair to say that if Fulham it's not beyond Fulham to to score a fair few here. So I'm pretty surprised to see that you can back over two and a half Fulham goals at 15 to eight. Um, so that's Fulham to score three or more goals. Um, you know, Mitrovic alone is, is good for a goal a game at the moment at, at the worst. It's absolutely extraordinary what he's doing. Um, and they are a side who under Marco Silva basically go for the jugular consistently in games. They're not a side who, who score and look to drop in. They are always looking to score more goals, as was shown last night by the fact they had the game sewn up 2-0 against 10 men uh, against Blackburn and went on to score five more in the second half, uh, one of which was in injury time. Um, I, I thought this would be uh, shorter, I must say, when I went to go and look um, through the individual ones. Um, I mean, Posh have had... had Posh's best performances have arguably been against better sides at home this season. Remember that West Brom game where they didn't deserve to lose and conceded very late. Um, but I think this is just one of those where it could unravel pretty quickly given Fulham's style of play and the attacking talent they have at their disposal. So Fulham to score over two and a half goals at 15 to eight is my goals bet. Yeah, I've I've got another uh, double and actually the first part of it is, is in that game. I actually have listened to you there and quite like what you've said, but I'll stick to my guns. Fulham and over 2.5 goals at 6-5 to five is, the, is the first leg. I had a funny line about the fact that this fixture is Fulham Posh. Some people think that's the actual team nickname of the away side, but it's not. Way! Uh, but then you've just spoken about it, so I won't make that gag. Uh, this is a team with 22.8 expected goals from open play, over 4 XG more than the next best open play team in the league, which is Luton per Opta's analyst uh, website. So... If you throw a four expected goal blanket over Fulham, you don't even reach the team below them. If you cover Luton with a four goal XG blanket, you cover eight more teams below them. So I think that gives you an idea visually of how far Fulham are ahead there, uh, as long as you have two blankets. And they play against uh, Peterborough, who have the worst 
defence in the league from open play. 23 expected goals against per Opta analyst. So we've got the, the best attacking team in open play, the worst defensive team in open play. And, and I see a Fulham win and goals are over 2.5, 6-5. to five. And then Blackburn games, particularly Blackburn home games, are just an auto overs bet for me at the moment. 17-20 uh, to 20 against Sheffield United. Um, these with the the Betfair Sportsbook as well. We know about Sheffield United's threats. They're struggling uh, when they come up against teams that give them a lot of respect, sit in, keep a low block. I don't think Blackburn do that. They didn't do that to Fulham in midweek, um, but they weren't good enough to defend against this Fulham side and they got picked off. Now, I guess there might be an extent to which they'll be kind of licking their wounds and they'll be more determined than ever to to try and keep it tight, to prove the the unhappy fans wrong. Um, but I think Blackburn at Ewood Park is a an overs auto bet at the moment. 17 to 20, 75% of their games so far this season have gone overs. And Sheffield United have the players to hurt them. Of course, as I said on the Monday pod, Blackburn are a good attacking team as well. Forget midweek, they are a good attacking team and they can certainly um, score a couple of goals if they're in full flow. So the double there is at 4.11 with the Betfair Sportsbook and it's Fulham to win and over 2.5 goals with Blackburn versus Sheffield United as a regulation over 2.5. 4.11 with Betfair. And just a reminder with Betfair that if you bet £20 on multiples or bet builders, you'll receive a £5 free bet to use uh, also on multiples or bet builders. T's and C's do apply. Uh, finish us off, George, with a goal scorer. I am looking at Barnsley Hull. Uh, Barnsley got off to a winning start under their caretaker Lauman, um, the who was brought in. Interestingly, was brought in as um, assistant manager to Valerian Ishmael, and Ishmael ended up taking Adam Murray with him to, to West Brom and, and leaving Lauman there. Um, they weren't great, to be honest. Uh, you know, they played against a Derby side who obviously themselves aren't too too good. Even though I think Rooney's doing a pretty good job with what he's got. Uh, Bulldog put them ahead and then Barnsley came back and scored twice in the second half. Um, but it was a game of few chances. There wasn't much in it. And there was definitely nothing in that game to suggest to me that Barnsley have, have suddenly turned a corner under the, the caretaker manager. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a fan of, of this Hull side. I think that's fair to say. But they've only scored one goal in their last five games. And when you have a look through the chances that they've created, they are massively underperforming their XG. Um, so they, they are due some goals just to go in, basically. They, they got 0.56 against Baggies uh, last night. They were 0.92 against Coventry in the game that they lost 1-0. Against Luton, again, they also lost 1-0. It was 0.47. In the 2-1 loss against Peterborough, it was 3.41. And then in the uh, fifth one... I'm glad you 3.41 there because the first three didn't sound like they were creating very much at all. Well, no, but it's accumulative, isn't it? Yeah. And then yeah. and then against Huddersfield, it was 0.59. So cumulatively over the last six games, they've uh, their XG is six. They've scored once. So they are they are due, basically. In terms of pure variance, they are due to, for the ball to start going in the goal. And they're playing against a side in Barnsley that I don't think are particularly good. So who is their biggest goal threat? That's a big question. I think it's probably Malik Wilkes. Um, I think that Keenlos Potter has been very, very out of sorts so far this season. And looking at where his shots are being taken from, he looks pretty desperate. It's a lot of 30-yarders 30, 30 that he's trying to um, slash into the top corner from miles out. Wilkes came off the bench a couple of games ago and had two very good chances, you know, good, good XG chances against Coventry, um, which he possibly should have done better with. My only concern is whether or not he starts after being pretty ineffective against Baggies, but I think he probably will. And I think that he's probably the way to play this. So Malik Wilkes to score any time at 16 to 5 um, for a Hull side who who are going to start scoring at some point. You know, we said it about Tranmere. They are going to start conceding. Hull, even if they don't improve much in terms of points collected, the board is going to start going in fairly soon. And I think we need to capitalise on that. 
get on the right side of variance and back Wilkes to score any time at 16-5. I'm going from a successful Matty Taylor pick last week to Matty Godden this week. uh, Plays up front for Coventry. And you might not have noticed it if you don't follow Kov too closely, but you remember the goal-scoring exploits of Victor Jokeresh, um, big Jok at the start of the season. But Matt Godden is their main goal threat now. Jokeresh was, even in his hot streak, came across as someone who might be a bit of a streaky finisher. And he's only scored in one of his last seven games. In that instance, it was a double against Fulham, which was impressive performance. Um, but he's not finding the net with uh, reckless abandon at the moment. And in the in the meantime, Godden has become their, their number one goal threat. He's on penalties as well, which I think is a big one for this. Um, Bristol City uh, not looking too good at the back. They really struggled in midweek against Birmingham's front two, Deeney and Hogan. Now, Gyokoresh or Godden, um, Gyokoresh and Godden are not necessarily the same sort of combination uh, in terms of Deeney's physical capabilities and ability to bully centre-backs but they do combine very well and I think Godden looks sharp at the moment he's 9-5 to five with the Betfair Sportsbook to score any time in this game and that's where I'm going for my goal scorer bet so that's the end of this week's betting show George if you'd be so kind as to recap your selections yeah of course I will thank you my nap is Birmingham my next best is Huddersfield Jorno bet my lay is Bournemouth at home to Swansea. I'm backing Fulham to score over two and a half goals at 15 to eight. And Malik Wilkes to score any time for Hull uh, away at Barnsley at 16 to five. For me, it's a double nap. Birmingham City yes. to beat Reading at 1.95. Uh, Coventry next best to beat Bristol City at the Rico 1.75 that I'm laying MK Dons at 1.4 using the Betfair exchange uh, my goals double is Fulham to win and over 2.5 goals and just over 2.5 goals in Blackburn versus Sheffield United no interest in the winner of that match uh, 17 to 20 that is 6 to 5 the Fulham selection so 4.11 the double uh, and my goal scorer is Matty Godden of Coventry City at 9 to 5 to score anytime against Bristol City in the game that is also my next best massive thank you to Betfair for their continued support and sponsoring the Not The Top 20 podcast do make use of the sportsbook and the exchange and the offers that we mentioned if you bet £20 on multiples or bet builders with Betfair you'll receive a £5 free bet to use on multiples or bet builders as well we will be back on Monday to recap the championship action and to note any banana skins that were slipped on in the FA Cup first round proper Uh, we wish you all the best for a happy weekend go well guys we'll speak again soon